welcome to the HSCT Warriors Podcast, bringing voice to the journeys of HSCT Warriors worldwide. I'm Dr. Jen Stansberry Koenig, or Zen Jen, moderator of Meaningful Conversations and convener of community. As we continue to grow the HSCT Warrior community, illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease, recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression, connect through our shared experiences, and advocate for an inclusive society. We're so glad you've joined us. So good morning. Good morning, Jen. How are you? Oh, you know, Barry, I'm doing great. And I'm just so grateful that you have agreed to participate in the podcast. I will do my best for you. You know that. I I do know that. Somehow, not even knowing you, I do know That's that. That's exactly right. That's that HSCT family, right? <laughs> you got it. So you found HSCT a while ago. You are how many years post-transplant now? I am post-transplant 2003. Goodness. August of 2003. So I am 15 years out. Amazing. And I am 15 clean years out. Feeling good. Well, besides getting older, I feel great. Amazing. Everything's good. My life is very blessed. So how did you find HSCT 15 years ago? The way it worked was I I was in the middle of an exasperation, and I asked my neurologist, I said, what happens if I do not respond to the cellumedrol IV drips that you were giving me? What happens if my body says no? Because I noticed every time I have an exasperation and I would go to the hospital, it would take longer, longer to get rebooted. You know what I mean? It was just... Sure. It just it went from one day to two days to three days to five days. So my last exasperation was with my vision, and my optic nerve muscles weren't coordinating together. So I went to the hospital. I got cellumedrol uh, IV drip, uh, one gram every 12 hours, and I didn't get my vision back till the fourth day. And I asked him, you know, what are we going to do if I don't respond, you know, because it seems like it's taking longer. He said, we'll try a new medicine. And I said, well, that really wasn't good enough. So I just did some research on the computer, my wife and myself, and, you know, to see who was doing stem cell research for MS patients. And it was either Hopkins or Northwestern. And I said, you know, Northwestern's a little closer to home. It's in, in Chicago. So I said, let's try there. So I started looking into it. And that's when I found Kim Bracey and Dr. Burt, and they took me through it. Amazing. I mean, how did you even have an inkling that stem cell was the way to go? Well, when this all was happening at the time, that's when cloning first came out, okay? And the cloning was the issue back then. I didn't know if if cloning had anything to do with stem cell at all, but I just, I kept looking and digging and looking and digging and, you know, and then I found that there is some type, whether I would qualify or not, I didn't know it at the time. And, you know, and I just kept digging. And the more I dug, the more interested I got. And so how I, did your neurologist take that even? Well, my neurologist was very, very, very helpful. Okay. He, uh, he did a, uh, you know, not a podcast, but he did a, uh, a three-way call with Dr. Burt in Chicago. And what my neurologist did is he forwarded all my records to Dr. Burt, mm. you know, because he needs all those, Yeah, you know, all my MRIs and how far along was I and blah, blah, blah. And, 
you know, we did a three-way with my neurologist and he was very, very helpful. In fact, I'm still pretty good friends with him. Wonderful. You know, him and I, we still, I've went to lunch with him a few times and he's just a great guy. Well, and great that you found that support. Yes. So what were your symptoms like leading up to that? I mean, what was your experience with MS getting well, up to that point? Well, my experience with MS was when I was first diagnosed this, my wife and I were flying to Las Vegas for a vacation and and I noticed that my uh, my left leg was tingly, like it was falling asleep on the plane. Yeah, but it, it didn't feel like it was totally asleep, just numbing asleep, right? So we got to Las Vegas and it was still, you know, I'd smack my leg and I, you know, I tell my wife that, you know, it's not getting better. And I said, when I get home, I'm going to go to the doctor because I was going to check with my doctor. I've never had a hernia. So I was going to go see if I had a rupture or a hernia or what was going on. Something. I went, I went to the doctors and had a physical done and everything was fine. He told me to see a neurologist and that's when he recommended a neurologist and I went to this neurologist. We did a spinal tab and an MRI, and he says, "Well, we checked you for three, you know, three things. We checked you for Lou Gehrig's for MS, and uh, what else? I don't know what the third one was, but he says you have multiple sclerosis. You know, all the signs of it." So I said, "I do." I said, "Hmm." So I said, "Now, what's our next step?" And he said, "Well." You have the, the lesions were active right now, and they were still tingling in my left leg. So we went ahead and went right to the IV treatment and did the IV drips. And, of course, you get better right away, and then you feel everything's cool, right? <laughs> maybe, right. He, maybe he made a mistake, you know, but don't. it just does not work that way. So I was on IV treatments and drips for a while and every Friday then he put me on Copaxin which is a shot you give yourself in the thigh every Friday I would do a shot and feel like crap all weekend and go back to work Monday and you know and then act like nothing happened all weekend and you right. know just kind of live my life but you know and then I, I finally I said this Copaxin's not working very well for me and I kept having uh, exasperations, and I would fall out of remission and go to the hospital. And I would fall out of remission probably at least once, twice a year, maybe. You know, and finally, it's, you know, when I had my last exasperation was with my vision, with my optic nerves. And I wasn't going to let it get any further. And I looked into Dr. Burt, and I, I finally hooked up with him, and I went to Chicago, and I... I did the evaluation with uh, Northwestern, and I didn't qualify for his protocol that he had out at the time. He said I was too healthy, oh. you know, and I for the protocol. And he said I'm going to have a new protocol within oh, probably six eight months. If you're still in the same shape, I will I will contact you. Well, <clears throat> I stayed in touch with Kim Bracey over at Northwestern, and you know, Kim and Kate, they walked me through it and I just kept bugging him, bugging him. And finally he had a new protocol. It just got approved by the FDA. And, you know, like three months later, so I went back to Chicago and they evaluated me again for the protocol and I qualified. And, you know, he, he sat across to me and looked at me and I said, you know, Dr. Bird, I said, I have B positive blood. I'm a Taurus and I'm a male. And I said, I'm ready to get this going. And that's what we did. Nice. Yeah, it was the process with Dr. Burton in Chicago was very smooth. Um, I mean, it was a five year protocol. You know, I had to go back to Chicago once a year for five years. Right. And I went back after my first year and I had to get my baby shots again. 
So I got all the baby shots, but the one that starts with an R, I don't remember what that one is, but. Do you mean vaccines like rubella? Yes. Yep. Rubella is correct. But you know, it's, you know, what weird about this whole thing that we've looked that I've went through is I was a member of the MS society at the time. And after I did my transplant, you know, and the, I tried to broadcast this to the MS society and let people know that there's hope and there's things that are coming through the grapevine and we can help everybody, you know, even just a little bit, how great Dr. Burr was in the MS society. They blocked me right out. They didn't want anything to do with me. Wow. You know, and then I went to Congress and I spoke to Congress for about five years. Did you? July 1st. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Good for you. Yeah. And it's all about the, the money. You know, if they had cures for, uh, you know, all these autoimmune diseases and diabetes and everything involved, our pharmaceutical industry in this country would be bankrupt. You know, and I would tell Congress that, and, you know, I spoke to them and, you know, it was it was pretty cool. Well, sure. That's a great experience until <clears throat> it's yeah kind of set aside, it sounds like. Yeah, it was uh it was something when they, they flew me to to Washington and you know, and then I, I interviewed in front of Congress and I had eight to twelve minutes to tell my story and I I told my story and you know, I walked back from the podium to my desk, you know, where I was sitting down and everybody was clapping and then they turned on the house lights and it was fifteen thousand people in the auditorium. Wow. And I I sat down and and then after the, the speech was over, we'd go out in it's called press row and you'd go outside in the hallway and you'd be in press row and everybody come out and be talking to you and then tell you how great, great, great and all this stuff. But, you know, they tell you how great, but nobody does anything about it. Mm. <clears throat> so, How does that feel? Um, with Congress, you mean, and doing something about it? How does it feel? They don't want to do it. It's about the money. It's all about the mighty dollar. That's my opinion, of course. Sure. Well, yeah, it just makes you wonder, how did we get to this point where um, we have well, this treatment available for so many autoimmune diseases, like you said? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Tremendously. You know, and I've, I've been 16 years, you know, since I've, you know, post-transplant. I do nothing. I do no shots. I do no treatment. I, I take a, a daily vitamin in the morning and that's it. Hmm. You know, and it's just the way it is. How does that feel? Um, it feels great. You know, I, I still, um, you know, like you reach out and we speak and I've, I've spoke to a few other people, you know, out of state, and, you know, and, and people, you know, trying to help. And, you know, I went to Chicago and talked to a few people that were in study at the time, you know, I'd go get evaluated with Dr. Burton and I'd go over to the hospital and that, and you try to help, you know, and, you get great satisfaction out of that, but it just don't seem like it moves the needle at all, if you know what I mean. Sure. I definitely know what you mean. No, it's terrible. It really is. And, you know, and I I think every day, and I'm Catholic, you know, and I, I'm not a real, real big church goer, but I do believe in God and I believe in the Catholic religion. And, you know, how how did how did God choose me out of millions of people that have this disease and are sick, how did he choose me to, to do this? And I think every day I wonder, you know, I thank God, why, you know, why did he choose me? And there's a meaning for it. There's, there's something out there of why, you know, and I think, you know, Marini and you, Jen, and doing what we're doing is part of it. 
Yeah. Well, so why was it important for you to participate in the podcast? Well, to it was very important to to let people know that there is success out there. You know, there are cures. People don't like to say, even Dr. Burt, he don't say I'm cured, but, you know, he says remission. I say cured. Cured to me is I have no symptoms. I do no treatment. I do no medicine. I do nothing. So, you know, it's, I'm cured. Six, yeah, 16 years out. <laughs> yeah. And then to let people know that there are, you know, there are things out there. Go get them. Do not sit back. Get off your butt and go get them. Well, yeah, I think we're all energized by the news that Dr. Burt will be traveling well, to inform other clinics as they build up their protocols, but also yes. that the new clinical trial will have, I think, 24 centers across the country. Wow. Offering HSCT. It's amazing. So you won't have to, like you were talking to me earlier, you don't have to go to Chicago. You can do it right, right. there at home, possibly. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, Dr. Burt, I don't know if you are even aware, but Dr. Burt is taking a year sabbatical and closing down the program at Northwestern. Oh, I didn't know that. When is that happening? Um, like now. <laughs> oh, the, yeah. I think before the end of the year, he'll be done closing the doors and they're not continuing the program at Northwestern, oh. at least in the coming year. Right. I mean, it's a teaching hospital and he had his protocol and he had his research dollars that funded his operation. And sure. Uh, he's shutting down the trial, like the ongoing, the newest well, trial. Well, and I, I didn't know that. That's that's really and really, it's it's you know, Doctor Burr's done such a great job, but it's kind of sad. Oh, you it's know, very sad, but it's, I know. But hopeful in a way, if he will be. Uh, the word on the street is that he'll be consulting with other clinics as they develop right. their own protocol. Um, well, I, I have his cell phone, so I'm going to have to call him. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and we, I let Kate Quigley know anyway in Chicago. Um, oh, yeah. That, what a blessing. She's a beautiful lady. Yeah. Well, and she's been right there by his side the whole time, right? Yep. Kate's been the right-hand nurse for a long so, time. Yeah. When I talk with her, I let her know about the podcast, certainly. But then also, we have started a nonprofit to help promote awareness of HSCT as an alternative treatment for autoimmune disease. And we've got folks lined up across the country to participate as volunteers in our signature program we like to call Talk to a Warrior, where people can sign up for an hour conversation with just to get questions answered. So when they do find HSCT as an option for them, they right. can, you know, calm their mind or. Sure. Now, are you going to, is it, are people going to be able to call in on the program? Well, not the pot, like this. So the podcast I started. Yeah. Um, which will stay kind of its own thing. And then the nonprofit has evolved out of that based on continuing conversations with people that I've interviewed and just that right. ongoing desire to help people and get the word out there. So anyway, wow. if you'd like to join us, we'd love to have you on the team. Well, I would love to be at the top of your team. We can talk more in depth on this and kind of go from there. But I that love would be that great. idea. Yeah. Well, and people, I'm sure, would be so informed by your experience 16 yeah, years and, out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> if I can share, I can share. I'm, I'm a great sharer. You know, I, I did uh, I did the thing for Washington, D.C. They sent out a camera crew and they... They came out in one of my videos. If you, when you Google my name, you'll see there's a couple of videos on there, you know. And one of them is uh, 
where they came out and they filmed me for 48 hours. You know, they put me on a wireless mic and they filmed me for 48 hours, you know, at work. And I coach a varsity high school hockey team and they filmed me at the hockey and then they filmed me at dinner. They filmed me all for 48 hours. And John, I don't know if you've ever been on a wireless mic before. No. A wireless microphone and knowing that you're being recorded. (laughs) I'll tell you what, Jen, when I, I pulled out and on my driveway, and if that guy's going to cut me off, I just let him go. You, know, <laughs> you don't say a word because you know you're being recorded. And it sets your mind to a whole different evaluation because you're not going to pop right off at the guy. That's funny. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. They came out and did that recording and then, you know, put it on my, you know, if you Google Barry Gowdy, you'll see it on there. So it's pretty I'll have neat. to Google you. Yeah, Google me. It's pretty neat. Yeah, I did not. I have was. not. I've. I came into this fresh, not knowing anything about you. Oh really? Oh, you got to Google me. Google my name. I got a lot of stuff out there. They get. They filmed me in Chicago and walking through the hospital. The first one they by. Uh, who did it? JAMA, Journal of American Medical Associations. Mm-hmm. They did a skit on me there in Chicago, and then Washington sent somebody out, and they filmed me for forty-eight hours. It was pretty cool. Nice. What about yeah. your most memorable experience with HSCT, like actually going through it? Oh, uh, going through it was, I really, Jen, I wasn't, I wasn't scared. Okay. I wasn't frightened. I knew what I wanted to do and I was so focused on doing this, but the time frame, you know, when you're in the hospital and you have the chemo and then they come in and they take the harvested stem cells and they put them back in. And once they go into your body, you know, they have to circulate through your body and graft on your bone marrow. And it takes about eight to 12 days for that to happen. And then once your immune system is high enough, they release you to an apartment. At least they did me in Chicago. And the most memorable part was, well, you know, my, the, priest would come in every morning and he'd have his mask on and he would say a prayer to get these get these soldiers marching in my blood you know and and once my once my count got high enough you know it, it felt good I mean I started feeling good and I was believing what was going on and you know it it just just the feeling the feeling of success you know what I mean you're, you're feeling that you can beat it nice you know you, you can like a confidence. Oh my God. Yeah. I I remember a, a story. I was the first night I got released from sh- the hospital in Chicago and they put me into an apartment at the Renaissance or not an apartment, a, uh, or embassy suites at, in downtown Chicago. And I had to go back to my hotel. Well, the first night I went back to my hotel, you know, I was laying in bed and, and, and I, I woke up at three in the morning and I was sweating so bad that I wonder what the hell's going on, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I'm, I'm sweating. I don't know what's going on. There's nobody here to ask. There's nobody to call. It's three in the morning, right? So I'm thinking, what do I do here, you know? And I've, I said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk to Walgreens. You know where Walgreens is in downtown Chicago, right there in Michigan. Mm. So I said, you know what? I'm going to walk down there, and I'm going to get some aspirin, and I'm going to take some baby aspirin, and I'm going to see – you know, how I feel. So I walked into Walgreens at three in the morning. I had my mask on. The guard was there. And I, I told the guard, wow. I said, dude, I'm not here to do nothing. I'm All just right. here to find some aspirin, man. <laughs> you know, so I bought aspirin. I came back and I, I finally, you know, and Dr. Bird always said, he said, if you have a temperature, 
go back to the hospital. Okay, so I took my temperature and I was 98.3. Wow. And I remember that number, so I didn't have a temperature. Okay. But you were sweating. But I was sweating. So I finally took two aspirin. I laid down and I, I went to sleep. I woke up about, you know, in the morning, ended up and I called Dr. Byrne at 8 a.m. I said, you know, I had a real weird experience last night. I said, you told me that if I had a temperature, you know, that I was to go right back to the hospital. But I didn't have a temperature, but I was sweating real bad. Okay, and it was it was like, what do I do? So I told him what it did, and he said, what was going on was your body was sweating out the chemo, more of the chemo and the drugs and everything you went through. That was what was going on. I said, well, you told me what to do if I had a temperature. You didn't tell me what to do if I started sweating right. or anything, you know? But I remember that experience with him, and he was right there at, eight o'clock in the morning and you know he walked me through it and he told me but that was that was the only scary part that I went through I well, think. sure I remember sweating profusely in the hospital oh, you sweat like a little pig and you lay there and you sh everything was was sweating and I didn't know what to do yeah except take my temperature and I didn't have <laughs> right. one right so now what do I do <laughs> well nurses <laughs> nurses in Chicago let me know it might it, that it was a good sign that it was part of the engraftment process yes you're exactly right yeah but you're yeah. sweating out you're sweating out all the extra crap that you and have all those toxins and then yeah well and just growing that new immune system right and taking hold yeah and then about the about the third day I was in the apartment I was you know I'd go there from the apartment I had a pick line still under my arm you know and I would walk to the hospital and I would have them draw blood every day and check my blood and I was walking, you know, walking from my room to the hospital and I come to a street and I'm going across and a guy almost hit me in a car and it was oh a cab gosh. driver. He jumps out of the car and he goes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I said, dude, you can't run me over right now. No. You don't know what I've been through. Right. <laughs> I deserve to be here. <laughs> oh, no, that was funny. Wow. Yeah. What have, I mean, it sounds like you went through a very different protocol type experience in terms of staying nearby and not yes. necessarily being in the hospital the whole time. What were the, some of the essential components for you during that whole experience in terms of staying well? Well, you stay well. You you just, um, obviously, you, you eat properly. You just, you got to watch God, you gotta really watch the people you're around, and if anybody's mm. coughing, sneezing, whatever, you just can't catch the first year is very, very. You gotta take care of yourself, you know. And that's what I've done. I mean, I eat no red meat, you know. I think the God, you just gotta take care of yourself a little better, you know. Oh, it's so true. Yeah, it's one of those things you just. You watch. I mean, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I just, you know, I, I live my, I live my life. I work hard, you know, and I, I just want to give back to this uh, experience I've been through to Dr. Burton, his, you know, his success he's had because there's, you know, people got to know it. Well, people don't deserve to suffer. Oh, God, no. But Jen, people think they can beat it. Mm -hmm. That's the whole thing. <laughs> they think they can and they can't. Not yeah, without yeah. help. Right. You have to destroy that, that bug that's in your system and get rid of it, you know, start over. 
So I tell everybody now I'm only 16. My immune system is only 16 years old. So I'm still, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you're young. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. So young. Uh, well, yeah. So how has recovery been going? Like um, supporting yourself great. in those ways. Yeah. Did you ever have any complications? I never did. I never did. The complications. That's no, I, I, I coach a varsity high school hockey team here in the, in the city and, you know, and I, I, I do that and I'm on the ice every day with them skating and I just, you know, yeah, I, yeah, there were no complications really. That's excellent. Yeah. I'm very lucky. It's a story that, that most people, that you won't be, believe unless you experience it. Right. Yeah. And there's only one person and that's my wife who can experience the bad and the good. You know, she can tell you. Sure. Well, what was her experience like as caregiver? Oh gosh, it was, she is a, um, she's an HR director for the, one of the cities here south of Detroit. And she, uh, she's very, um, what's the word? She, she, she goes by the book. She would be on the phone with Kim and Dr. Bert and Kate more than I would, you know, and she would ask, you know, questions and she lives right by the book and she believes everything that they say. And she pushed me to make sure I didn't drift offline. If you know what I mean? Mm. In other words, you're supposed to do this now and you're going to do it and you're going to, you know, you're going to do this and take this and, you know, which was good. Well, it's nice to have that support. Yeah. She's obviously it's your best friend and you have to, believe that they're there to help you and go from there sure well did she ever have any doubts or reservations it sounds like you, um, you had a yeah, lot of confidence I, going into it i but. think i think she did because she, she had the you know the not knowing sure you know what i mean she didn't know and she she didn't believe because she didn't have ms she's only going by what i'm saying she always knows that she believes i'm going to make the right decision and if that's the right decision, I mean, she was right behind me to do it, you know. But I think if you don't have an autoimmune disease, it's hard for that person to accept, you know, what you're going through and what you're doing. Well, there's so much that's invisible, right? Oh, God, yeah. God, yeah. God, I remember doing that co-paxion shot on Friday nights. I would give it to myself in a thigh, and I'd feel like shit all weekend. I hated that. Yeah, horrible. Monday, I'd start feeling better, and guess what? Time to go back to work. Right. And that's a battle, right? And that's the invisible aspect. Oh, my God. Yeah, it is. That it's so hard for people to see. Yes, very much so. But and, and she saw, she knew, she experienced what I went through, and that was good, and she knew. And so then, like, did she get jump on board with HSCT and supporting Oh, my that? God. Yeah, she, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, she, uh, she was right on, she was right there, and she's right there right now still today. If I, you know, if I ever go through anything or <clears throat> need any push, she'll do it for me, so... Which I really don't, because you know, as Tauruses, we uh, we go right through it. <laughs> <laughs> you know that. Strong-willed, indeed. Oh my God! I guess. So, what could yeah. you offer as advice to anyone living with MS right now, based on your experience? Well, don't believe that you can be it without help. Okay, because people think when they fall in a remission state that they've beaten it and you cannot beat it. Please reach out and get help 
okay, and ask for help, okay, and don't be, don't hesitate if not, because once the damage is done, Jen, you know the damage is there permanently. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't reboot the damage. The damage is there. If you wait, 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 keep having exasperations, you're going to be in a wheelchair. That damage, right, is so hard to reverse. Yes, I don't know if you really can fully, but yeah, just, you know, there's, there's help there. There's help there, and please ask for help. Ask for help and go get it, you know, and, you know, you will feel a ton better. <laughs> I mean, you'll feel great. Sounds like you certainly feel great. You know, I do, and I'm very, um, I'm very appreciative of what was offered to me through Northwestern and Dr. Burt and, uh, and Jen, even through you to try to get this word out to people and, and knowing it's, it's something that, you know, people can only hear it so much, but you got to go do it, you know. And keep telling the story. The, the story you can tell over and over and over. But, you know, get off your butt and go do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get off and do it. And if you need help, guess what? Jen, you have a phone number. I have a phone number. Call us. We'll exactly. Help you. Yeah, we will. And it's great to know that so many clinics are going to be popping up across the country. So hopefully yeah, this will be more accessible to people. And I'd like to know more about that as it goes on, too. You know, I don't, um, I wasn't aware of the Dr. Burt situation. I will definitely reach out to him probably within the next week or so and, you know, and just see what's going on and see if I can support it in any way. That'd be amazing. Uh, Yeah. So what about a superpower that you gained from your experience with HSCT? A superpower that I gained, gosh, the superpower that I gained is, wow, that's a great question. <laughs> well, I mean, the we super- are we are powerful as humans, right? Well, the, and the superpower, Jen, is, is the belief. Don't you think that's the most thing is believing that you got to believe it before you do it? You know, I just, wow, the superpower is the key right there. Wow, that's a great question. And I mean, do you carry that superpower with you now on a daily basis? Oh, I carry it every, I carry it every day. Yeah, every day of my life. I mean, it's, yeah, this, this, <laughs> heck yeah. And I, I really don't know how to express that, but it's, it's, it's in me as a person. It's in my soul. It's in my heart. It's knowing what's going on. You know, my belief, my belief that I, I did it. Living example. Oh, my God, you are correct. You know, every, every day we get home and I get home from work and my wife and myself, I'll always ask her and she'll ask me and she'll say, what was the best part about your day? You know, and I'll, I'll say, because when somebody ever asks you that, you got to sit and really think about what was the best part about your day? You know, and the best part about my day so far today is knowing that we can get our word out to some people and and hopefully it will help, you know, because this is a nationwide problem. Jen, I think you're doing the right thing. Oh, well, you're doing the right thing and sharing your story, right? I mean, at 16 years out, you could probably just go on your way and never really talk about this again. But that's not the right thing to do. (laughs) I mean... I think anybody who would ever do that wouldn't go through what we went through. Right, right. Do you find yourself? Do yeah. Do you find yourself sharing your story? Um, I find myself. I I listen twice as much as I talk, and I listen to what people say and what people do. And then if they 
you know, they need me to help or ask me, I will, you know, but yeah, I share quite a bit. I was at Trader Joe's the other day after, well, Tuesday, so two days Uh ago. And I had just been in physical therapy, so I was a little worn out. And by the time I get through Trader Joe's, I'm dragging. So I pull out my trekking pole and secure it while she's going through my cart and bagging things. And she's like, are you feeling okay? I said, yeah, you know, other than this head cold, it's just really (laughs) got me down the last couple weeks. And, you know, but that's okay because I have a young immune system and she's looking at me and I said, yeah, I had a stem cell transplant two years ago. And she's like, what? Just blown away. Right. And so then I... People don't believe. They don't know. No, they don't get it. And I found out when we do when we do our story. You know, I start off short, depending on how far, how they respond. How right. they respond is how much more of a story I give them. Mm. You know, I'm not just going to blow smoke if you know what I mean. I'm going to fill their head with as much information as they want to obtain. Well, and what I have found yeah. is so many people know someone suffering with autoimmune disease. Yes. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, you are correct. So the more we can get the word out there, the, yeah. at least the more aware people will become of their options. Yes, exactly. So what are you grateful for about your experience um, with HSCT? I'm grateful that, that God gave me the blessing to... Gosh, I'm great. God, we don't have enough time. Hmm. <laughs> You know, I'm just, I'm grateful for the the whole opportunity to, somebody gave me the opportunity to get better. And if somebody gives you an opportunity to get better and you don't do it, you don't deserve to get better. But if you do it and you follow what they say, because they're professionals, they know, then you're going to get better. And then, you know, you're, then you're grateful. You're grateful that you didn't wait and you, you went through with it Wow, that's, yeah, that's what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful that Dr. Burt uh, gave me the opportunity. I got my got my eyes across my T's in life, and that's what you got to do. Yeah, being shut down the first time, though, can be so discouraging. Yeah, and it was. You know, he told me I didn't qualify, so what the hell do you mean I don't qualify? <laughs> you know, and he told me and he explained it to me. You're right, you know, you're on this part of the scale, and my protocol is this part of the scale, and you're just a little off and you're too healthy. And I said, okay, so we'll wait. And I waited and boom, it happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that wouldn't it be great if people could just receive HSCT as that frontline standard of care. And yes. And that's what I told Congress. Why, 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 you know, and it's, one of those things It should be a standard way of care. You are correct. So, like, have you met with your state representatives even and continued no, the conversation? Or did I've that... reached out to them and um, a couple of them here, and I've told my story. But, but then it just seems like, you know, after 16 years being, you know, post uh, doing my transplant, they just, they just don't listen. I mean, they listen, but they don't proceed forward and do anything else about it. The state representatives are like the MS Society. They don't believe mm. that you're cured. <laughs> sure. I wonder how how Selma Blair might help us elevate the conversation. Yeah, that might work. Just with the awareness anyway. 
Yep, I agree. Because that woman at Trader Joe's, as I'm talking, <laughs> I said, do you know Selma Blair? And she's like, yeah. I said, well, I had the same thing that she went through. Same doctor. I just went through it two years ago. And she's like, oh, my gosh. I saw her story on Good Morning America. Yes, yes. I said, well, there's more people that deserve the treatment. Oh, my God. Yes, there are. And we can't stop talking about it. Right. You are correct. So what would you say if you were in front of Congress today or in front of even the pharmaceutical companies? Like, Well, Jen, what I would tell them is, you know, I was I was here speaking to you 10 years ago or five years or whatever the years are, eight years, seven, whatever it is. And I spoke to you for three years in a row and I'm 16 years out right now. And luck, just luck. I mean, I'm not no bodybuilder, weightlifter, anything, but I'm in great, great shape. I mean, I'm not suffering from MS. I'm not suffering from an autoimmune disease. And there are, <laughs> there are cures, there are help, and we need you. We need you to push this through because I guarantee you in your lifetime, you are going to know somebody who's involved with an autoimmune disease. Yeah, and well, you can help them. <laughs> right, right. And help the thousands of people suffering. Oh my gosh, yes. It's quite maddening, really, to think yes. the almighty dollar, as you said, right, is See, more valuable my, somehow. Oh, my gosh. It is than life. Or the contributions the, that people could make, right? Like, right. I mean, you're coaching a high school team. That's an, yeah. it's admirable in and of itself, just the patience that that takes and dedication. and Yeah. And you know what? And I don't have no kids that play hockey. And it's just one of those things I played my whole life. And I love giving back to the game. And that's what we do. And, that's and it's what good it's all exercise. About. <laughs> yeah, that, that too. It keeps me active. I certainly could not be on a pair of ice skates. Oh, you will someday. I'll get your butt out there once we get your legs together. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, that'd be real nice. Good. So, Jen, when am I going to meet you? Are you married, family? What's going on here? I am married. I've been with okay. my husband since um, the end of 2000. So, oh, so it'll be 19 years at the end of this year. Um, Yay. We have a nine-year-old daughter. And so I was diagnosed with MS the day before I found out I was pregnant. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. And so I had been managing symptoms fine. And then once I found out I was pregnant, I was like, okay, so I just need to focus on being healthy. And yes. that was just my focus through pregnancy and was healthy for a good three years after pregnancy. And then I started the MS drugs and they made me a lot worse real fast. Really? So I was hiking like five mile trails the weekend I started Tech Federa in 2013. And uh -huh. I mean, immediate, just within weeks, my walking went downhill. We actually went to Michigan that year. Um, really? Yeah. And I hiked the sand dunes, but Tech Federa started just dragging me down. And so my primary care doctor was like, well, there's got to be something else going on. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm fine. I've got a diagnosis. I'm on meds. You know, we'll just see how this plays out. And she's like, I really think you've got Lyme disease or something else going on because you shouldn't be getting worse. You're on these drugs and they should be helping you. Correct. So we did the blood work and sure enough, I have six of the eight antibodies associated with Lyme disease. Right. So that was probably the infection that caused my immune system to turn on itself. 
Um, and yeah, and they don't really know what causes it, but right. they try to think. Yeah, go ahead. And so I did it like a year of antibiotics, and some of the antibiotics I was on, they actually used to treat MS in Canada. And so that felt good to be off. Like I, I was, had been on Tysabri for a good five months, but I was getting yeah. worse on those drugs because they suppress your immune system so much. Yes, they do. And so I got off the Tysabri. I just refused it and um, went to Columbia University. And that's where they were like, yeah, you have both. Because I started questioning, like, do I really even have MS? Lyme disease can mimic it. And what is going on with me? So I went to Columbia and they confirmed it's both MS and Lyme disease. MS probably caused by the Lyme disease. You need to finish up the antibiotics and go back home. I had never done steroids for the MS. Now, now how long? How long did this go on? What was the? Is this like one year? So I was diagnosed in 2010, and I didn't start MS drugs until 2013 when Tecfidera came on the market, and I did that for a okay. year. And yeah. I still had new lesions, and I was still progressing. So we switched to Tysabri in what, 20, mm -hmm, 2014, 2015 is when we found the Lyme disease. And I said, all right, I'm stopping the Tysabri. I did a year of antibiotics. And in 2016 is when I found HSCT and went for evaluation in July of 2016. And Dr. Burt took one look at me and was like, you're absolutely qualified. You'd be a great candidate. And so, <laughs> Yay. Well, yeah. And then through all, like I didn't get to go back until November for the testing and evaluation component and insurance approved me for transplant. And then a week later changed their mind. <laughs> and so well, then I you. fought them until I went back in May for another evaluation with Dr. Burt just to like, hopefully make the case to insurance that, Hey, I'm getting worse. I need this now more than ever. And sure enough, that's when my MRIs didn't show any activity. And he said, you're probably transitioning to secondary progressive. You need this within the year or I'm not going to be able to help you. Wow. And so then I had to go to family to raise the money and we came up with $125,000 and paid out of pocket. Wow. And he treated me off study in October of 2017. So it was a full year plus past the evaluation time that I, right. you know, had to oh. wait, if you will. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Very that frustrating. Crazy. But yeah. well, it's not unlike so many stories out there. You know, my, yeah, my story right. is someone else's story. And there's so many people striving to get HSCT who just can't come up with the money or travel expenses now to go out of the country. You know, if they don't qualify for a clinical trial here in the States, they've right. got to pack up and head to Mexico or Russia or somewhere else that will help them. And that's tragedy, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I couldn't imagine doing that. And it happens all the time. I know. And Congress continues to yeah. let this fade away. Uh, they tilt their heads. You know that. It's maddening. Yes. Very much so. So, yeah, like in the UK, you can get HSCT now as part of the NHS system. So it's completely covered in full, which is amazing. <laughs> makes you wonder. Well, it, yeah, it makes you wonder if you want to move out of the country. Yeah. Um, but so many people that are struggling to get this care. Australia, now, how long ago, too. Yeah. How long ago did you go through your transplant? 
2017, October 2017. So October exactly two years and a couple of days. Yeah. My birthday two is the 18th. Wow. October 18th. Your birthday is your birthday. <laughs> yeah. When I was in Chicago, I could only eat five things off the menu. <laughs> it was they? miserable. And thankfully, my husband would just like run to Trader Joe's or Whole Foods or whatever and get yeah, an avocado or like, God. because I was self-pay, I, I was trying to trim costs right at every corner. And so when my yes. potassium levels were low and they were bringing me in a supplement every day, I said, well, what if I just ate a banana or an avocado every day Would that? And sure enough, I got my own levels up. To where I didn't need that potassium supplement anymore because good, I just, I, good, did, good. I just simply ate an avocado every day. <laughs> I don't think I've ever ate an avocado. My wife buys them all the time. They're amazing for you. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, then how about if you and I stay in touch um, with each other? I want to talk to my wife about what we just discussed and went through here today, and I'm sure she will be more than interested in talking with you. And, oh, that'd and... be amazing. And then we can kind of, if you need any other help with anything, please reach out, okay? Oh, we will. And I'll be sure to send you more information about yeah. becoming a, a warrior on the other end of the line for more people. Yeah, you got it. And watch those two videos. Let me know what you think. Oh, I can't wait to Google Barry Gowdy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank Are you. we all set to Jen? Yeah, thank, thank you so you. much for participating. And bless you. And just speaking to you today is... Uh, has made my day and it's the best part about the day right now and I'll be talking about this the rest of the day. So. Well, I appreciate it and I appreciate you. All the best to you and continued health and wellness and continue that inspiration for others. Oh, thank you and stay in touch. Yes, take good care. Alright, you too. Bye-bye. Bye, Barry. Be sure to visit our website, hsctwarriorspodcast.com, where you can find notes from today's episode, submit ideas or feedback, and access the latest HSCT research and resources. Special thanks to musical genius Bill Allitzauser for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit, and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. It's been great to connect with warriors worldwide, and we would love to hear from you about how the podcast has helped your journey with autoimmune disease. Take a moment, share your story. We'd love to hear from you. And in the meantime, we hope you'll tune in next Wednesday for another episode highlighting another HSCT warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind, be well.